Webster's Dictionary defines compliance as the action or fact of complying with a wish or command. This is the Compliance Guy. The Compliance Guy. As a healthcare provider or healthcare professional, navigating the muddy waters of compliance can get tricky. And that's why we're here. Helping you mitigate risk while increasing your profitability. This is the Compliance Guy. Now, here's your host, Sean Weiss. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Compliance Guy. It is Tuesday, the 23rd of August in the great year of 2022. And that means it's another hashtag Terry Tuesday episode. Before we get started, as always, I want to say thank you all so much for tuning in, logging on and just hanging out with Terry and I for a little while. Today, we are going to tackle HIPAA and OSHA. And you probably are thinking to yourself, how, how are you guys going to do two major topics well because it's terry so we're gonna get it done (laughs) so hey terry how are you my friend i'm good i swear whenever you um start your spiel to start on i feel like i'm on the prices right terry come on down (laughs) you know we're on a game show we were talking about this the other day (laughs) i was i i was watching um i was watching the prices right and right before that is let's make a deal I swear, I don't know what's wrong with me. I I I love those two shows. I and I, I don't know what it is. Well, you you Something's actually made a point. Me. I mean, this kind of leads into what we're talking about. People are working from home, yep. working remotely, and you know, they had a pivot, and that's what's on if you need noise in your office because you don't want to be alone. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Go. So today, you know, we're really gonna take it from the perspective of talking about um you know, HIPAA and OSHA from a remote work uh, uh, place. And, you know, I think now as we are, you know, ending out, right? And I think we could start to say we're ending out because we're getting ready here in another week to hit September, which means Labor Day and, you know, all of the uh, beginning of the uh, changing to fall and come the winter. but you know, we're we're coming to the end of two full years of a public health emergency, right? right. And we just and, got that update from CMS saying they didn't quite give us the 60 days, but they said when the pandemic ends, you need to start preparing. So they they put out that full statement last week of prepare because we're coming, we're we're, we're coming to an end. So yeah, I think we are. I mean, yeah. you know, we're seeing here um another outbreak of COVID. My mother-in-law reached out on Friday and told uh, Jill and I that she has uh, COVID. And it's crazy because she's pretty much gone the entire pandemic um, without getting it. And, you know, she's been around family members not knowing that, you know, they um, were exposed, which meant she was exposed. But she, she never contracted the COVID. Uh, my 81 year old mother yeah go ahead what was my friends just came back from a family reunion or retreat in maryland and uh everybody was you know i always call it fourfold but quadruple vaxxed and they basically you know to the hilt everybody and she's like yeah we all tested positive when we got home i'm like okay so i mean you know at this point when that happens i mean we're not testing for the flu 
and you hear people coughing right. and everything. And I think at this point, we know how to treat it. We know what it looks like and let's, let's go, you know? So, um, yeah, but just seeing the, I agree. The yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. And, you know, again, I go back to the science, right? And the science tells us that when you have something, a virus that is 90, you know, 7.8. I got yeah, it from CDC. You know, 97.8%. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that unless you have multiple systemic underlying conditions, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not at a high risk. Right. 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 But I'll, I'll share with you all. But let's move away from this. Cause this is going to get really weird because people are going to like smack us for talking about COVID. COVID well, no, but you know what? I, I, I want to, I want to have this for just a minute. I want to have this for just a minute. Okay. And, and here's the reason why. So on Thursday of last week, I had to fly to Orlando and um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, Jill and I, we have a farm, right? Jill has a big flower farm and, you know, we, you know, we got the horse trailers and we've got tractors and all kinds of stuff. So I drive a big F-350 dually and it doesn't fit into the parking garage at the Atlanta Hartsfield airport. So as a result, I have to park off site at like parking ticket. Okay. And long story short. I got onto the bus <clears throat> and my 81 year old mother is no longer wanting to live in the high rise in Buckhead that she lives in. Uh, she wants to move to a house for a lot of different reasons. She's 81 years old. She wants to be, you know, closer, you know, to where we are, all that stuff. So I am not that guy when I'm in a confined space where I use my cell phone, right? Because I know as much as I try to control my volume, my voice carries, right? But if I have to, I always put my hand over my mouth so it kind of muffles it a little bit. And besides, I don't really want people <laughs> lip reading and figuring out what I'm talking about. But anyways, long story short, um, I got onto the shuttle bus and I was talking prior to getting onto the bus, I was talking to my real estate agent. And as I got on, I said, Hey, hang on for just a second. Okay. Very quietly. And I put my bags up and then I go and sit down and there's this lady sitting next to me, a lady across from me, a lady in the back left corner. And then there's this guy in the back right hand corner. And I just cleared my throat. I went <clears throat> and I said, Hey, Sorry about that, Rob. And all of a sudden, from the back of the bus, this guy yells at me. And he goes, hand to God's story. And the guy yells at me and he goes, nobody wants to hear your conversation. <laughs> and I looked <laughs> as if, are you talking to me? <laughs> and before I could say anything, the guy says to me, and blank you, you should be wearing a mask because this is public transportation. Well, my comment was twofold. One, nobody invited you into my conversation. And number two, this is not public transportation. But more importantly, there is no mask mandate. 
So he proceeds to, again, curse at me and curse at the two women, one next to me and one across from me, with some of the most foul language I've ever heard. And I've got a mouth on me. But even this made me kind of go, whoa. And he said, it's just out of respect. It's common courtesy. You have no respect for anybody. You're not wearing a mask. Well, long story short, the gentleman wound up being taken off the bus in handcuffs. Wow. And I'm not kidding. So here's what I would like to say. If you wish to wear a mask, that's up to you. That's your right. If others don't want to wear a mask because they have not, to the best of their knowledge, been exposed to somebody or they have not tested positive, because there is no mask mandate, you should not be imposing your personal beliefs onto others. Because as the law says, your rights end when they infringe on the rights of another. Now, I'm leaving out the actual other part of this story because it was not pleasant. But yeah, you're past just, the let's, let's make this long story yeah. short. You're at nine minutes. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're gonna get cards and letters okay. for this conversation. That's all I'm saying. There are people out there saying, but you know what? what I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay with that because at some point everyone has the freedom of speech. We all have the right to say and express what our feelings are on something. So I tie this back into saying I actually have rethought the whole thing about having to work from home. And I got to tell you, after last Thursday, I'm really happy working <laughs> at home so I don't have to deal with nonsense like that. But anyways, let's talk about what's going on from an OSHA and HIPAA standpoint, because I think there's a lot of things that you're seeing, things that I'm seeing where I'm calling into question as you are some of the content of emails, some of the things that are attached to emails. And I'm thinking, folks, we can't slack on this stuff. We can't relax our guard because hackers are out there and they are taking full advantage of the fact that people working from home more often than not don't have the same physical safeguards or the same um um antiviruses on their computers at home as maybe what they have when they're in the office unless they're connected to their servers at work so i'll pause because i got to speak for a long time and if anybody wants to complain about my comments leave terry out of it and just complain leave me to out me. of it all right terry. <laughs> i can't make you cut that part um Basically, mine is actually <laughs> going to take it to a more simpler um, aspect of it, where I'll let you talk about IT and transmission and all that. But one thing that I'm seeing is there's, okay, so these are a couple of things that I've seen lately. First of all, I don't know if every, the listeners understand this, but I call them the HIPAA police. Agents from the HHS um, will come out to 
certain people's homes just to make sure their space is HIPAA compliant. I'm now seeing that OSHA is doing that to see if, and this is about safety. And I was actually even talking to Amanda Weish about this, where she was saying that there can't be obstructions. There can't be, you know, a box that somebody could fall over. Um, there can't be, if you have a fax machine and, um, you know, any kind of machinery, you know, computers, whatever, where you're doing your work and the wires aren't safety and that could be a fire hazard, that's going to be an OSHA problem. Um, but here's what I'm seeing out there. And, and OSHA is also knocking on doors saying, where's your, um, your compliance manual for working at home? And people are like, what? And you and I talk about compliance manuals, it seems on every single platform we're on and nobody's listening about that. You have to have one, not just for what you do in your work, but also for your space. But one of the things that I'm seeing is you have your laptop from work and then all of a sudden you have a young child who says, mom, I want to play my game. I want to play my game. You're like, I'm going to cook dinner. I'm busy. I'm doing stuff. And they open up their work laptop and say, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Just, this is my password and you can go ahead and play a game. And I'm like, oh shoot. And I remember um, somebody I was actually talking to on the phone um, and I heard her say this and she was working from home and it was a, a client's administrator. And I said, was that a work, um, was that a work? laptop. I was just curious. She goes, Oh yeah, it's fine. She goes, she doesn't look at this stuff. And I'm like, um, she's 12. She could look at it, you know? And then there was another one where I was actually in the, in the, um, the home of a physician and the NP and they said, can you just come over? We need to go over some things. We want to see what's going on. And all over their dining room table, they had these op reports, paper, white paper. And one of their kids came in and said, I ran out of paper for my mouth problems. Said, oh, I found a piece. Don't worry, dad grabbed a piece from the table. It was the front cover of a uh, op report, wrote their math problems down. We were looking for the front cover of this op report. Turned out the kid took it to school, put it in their backpack. The teacher was actually the sister-in-law of the person who had the surgery that was on the front page. And so not only did she say, oh, she called them thinking she was doing something cool saying i'm really sorry you had colon surgery when nobody was supposed to know and and you could just see the explosion there um there was okay. one recently that was posted on the uh, ocr so this is now office of civil rights and they were talking about a, a cancer care center and they said that there was a manager i'm just looking at it right now there was a manager from a specific HIPAA entity, and it's a cancer center, that left behind approximately 300 patient records in her car after deciding to leave her husband. And she believed she basically she was complying with an unwritten, I love these, unwritten company policy, which simply required that such records, as well as procedure manuals, be securely stowed away in uh, remote workers or telecommuters cars as a form of data backup. But she left the car behind as she left her husband and her husband continued to have access to the vehicle. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. And then her husband later contacted not only the main company, but the hotline for the Office of Civil Rights that he Googled <laughs> to, to report the discovered private records. This sounds like a really bad soap opera. And then the administrative law judge got a hold of it and he ruled in favor of the OCR. And there was a $280,000 fine to the to the entity, the actual remote worker got fined fifty thousand. I didn't know that was happening. And then, um, oh they, yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. So, well, because <laughs> because that individual is a cult. They yeah, they they, yeah. they are they're a culprit. Yeah. 
So we talk about all the time about, you know, protection of the, you know, EH, EPHI, so the Electronic Protected Health Information. And everybody can Google anything and find that on, on you know, a HIPAA list. It's on every law, you know, website. You can see that. But we don't always talk about what's in front of us, you know, the the paper right. that's on the table. And, and the biggest thing, Sean, that I'm finding, and you can speak to this too, is that a lot of the remote workers, because they had to pivot so quickly from the COVID and the pandemic to working from home, and that's going to stay. A lot of them are like, I'm so happy. I'm not going to go back to work physically, that they didn't have a workspace. A lot of people are in their house and they've got, you know, a two or three bedroom, maybe apartment. They don't have a big house, you know, like maybe you and I, you know, have a big space. But people, I'm only saying that because Sean and I've worked in the industry, a combination of almost 50 years <laughs> and we've earned our houses. So I'm just saying that, but we both have dedicated offices um, that we can lock the door. We have locked cabinets. We have, you know, the appropriate electronic encrypted, you know, VPNs and all that. But there's a lot of people that don't. They're, they're having to do a makeshift office or they're working on their couch with a company laptop. And it's just so HIPAA unprotected. It's and now, and then now you even get into the OSHA stuff. And so I, you know, I wanted to do this episode and just not to vent our frustration on nobody's really realizing that this is happening, but to really talk to the listeners about, you need to look around and say, this is my office space. This is my, you know, little area. Even if you have to clean out a closet and put a desk in it that nobody else can access. And I'll throw it over to you when I say that. You're on mute, Sean. You're on mute. <laughs> well, Boy, see, that after, was awesome after you, for a few minutes. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> see, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> well, I want that button. <laughs> I was, yeah. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. My wife does. My wife does too. Jill's gonna listen and right. go. I love Terry. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. All right. So, so you you left it off talking about access, and yeah. you know I. I have a great working relationship with Courtney Petty, who is um, one of the attorneys for the Office of Civil Rights here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I've worked with her now for probably the last year on some of the um, the agreements that have been negotiated for clients that had a breach in their system. And um, what I will tell you is you've got to be very aware, not only of what OCR's guidance is, but you have to be able to take it above and beyond what OCR has provided. Because what they will say to you is, even though these are our standards that you're complying with, they're not enough, which is so bizarre because the government's position is close enough is good enough, right? So um, I want to talk first about HIPAA and high-tech compliance, and then I'm going to get into just a little bit talking about folks that are using cell phones, right? Because texting, you know, physicians have so much PHI on their phones. And so often there's no multi-factor authentication. 
there's nothing to be able to prevent if they lose their phone somebody from being able to get in and view what's on their phone and i know a lot of people are like oh i have biometrics on my phone now listen <coughs> my 10 year old granddaughter has figured out how to break into phones she breaks into mine my all niece the has time too. And I she have... did it at 10 as well yeah yeah, yeah. so let let me go through because I, I want to talk about um HIPAA and high tech uh compliance. And I just want to quickly put out a few things, sort of like a checklist, if you will. So the first thing is to make sure that you have audit controls, right? So make sure that you have a comprehensive system for being able to log all user activity. If you're the IT professional in your organization, or if you're the compliance officer in your organization, or the privacy or security officer of your organization, you've got to be able to make sure that at any given time, you're able to produce a log of who is in and out of your systems. When it comes to data integrity, you've got to create strict controls on all remote access to limit support related to data corruption so can i can we, i comment real quick we on don't that? i just can i just say one yeah thing and i want to throw it back over to you one thing on data yeah. corruption or or limit access one thing that offices aren't doing and that is limiting who can um from this work laptop who can access uh, multimedia uh social media and once you open that door for social media, you've opened the door to hackers. A lot of schools Absolutely. will not let students from their tablets or whatever access Facebook or access Instagram or TikTok or whatever, because those are public facing you know, uh, entities. And I'm just in tying into what you were saying, and, and please expand on that. But it seems like they just say, okay, you've got good internet, you can get our information encrypted, but they forget that if an employee's on a break, they're looking up their Facebook page and, and what that does. No, absolutely. I will tell you, our IT department at Doctors Management is incredibly strict. Um, web pages that I have tried to go to for research purposes and things like that, because the certificate, the SSL certificate, may not be, um, may not be to the level that our data uh, uh, team approves. I mean, I have to go in and I have to submit a request to be able to get onto certain websites. And yes, I we have very strict controls. So if anybody has a foot fetish, they're not allowed to go to footfetish.com. <laughs> Listeners have to know, um, as, Tom, as, uh, as Sean and I are talking, we have a private chat so we can go back and forth. You know, you, you can, you mention this and I just, put him a zinger and so in the middle of his thought process he's like oh my god <laughs> sorry i know and i'm tr i'm i'm trying not to laugh but you know there's just we just said an unsavory un website you shouldn't be accessing <laughs> yes like footfetish.com yeah something. exactly now, I'm, I'm making that up but my guess know, is somebody's probably gonna reach out and be like it. dude that's a real website <laughs> okay well know. you know what 
<laughs> Great. I don't need to know if it's a real website or yeah. not. So please don't don't message me about that. Well, actually, something it. funny, Sean. So years ago, so the AAOS, American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery, most of these uh, associations are .org. And if you by accident put in .com, you're going to see cowboys and speedos. And so dancing around. And so a lot of people didn't know that because they thought everything was .com. So if you get an error message saying this is not an accessible place, you may want to like stand back a little bit, take a breath and go, hmm, what did I type in? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So now we know what Terry's doing most of the day. No, I'm just saying it's happening. (laughs) Well, let me let me pivot around. So, John, oh. get on to the. Well, 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 well hold on stuff. one second okay. before you pivot. I, okay. Yeah, I I do want to say this because you did bring up social media. Okay. Um, uh, because to me, social media is the decay of the human race. <laughs> it really um, is. It's awful. It used to it, be when we is. could see um, our relatives that were like in Australia or England, like I have, but now it's awful. Yeah. I I boy I boycott yeah. Facebook. I hate Facebook. I you know it, people ask me all the time, hey, are you on Facebook? The compliance guy page is on Facebook. Um, I am not on Facebook personally. Now, I have an old Facebook account from probably 10 years ago that I yeah, thought I'd be activated. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Twitter is only the compliance guy. LinkedIn is the only social media page that I use. I don't use um, Instachat or Snapchat or Instagram, whatever they're called. I don't mess around with um, TikTok. Um, and again, folks, if you're use using it. TikTok, that is a whole different conversation because some very unsavory people use that. So just be aware. Anyways, um, let me let me quickly go back to this this little checklist that I have, if you will. So we talked about strict control of remote access to limit support related to data corruption, but also to make sure that there's detailed information regarding audits to be able to identify changes so that you can make corrections to any vulnerabilities that you have. And then again, you need to have a multi-factor authentication. It's it's so important to defensibility of your data. Your data. Um, make sure that everybody has unique usernames. Make sure that passwords are at least a minimum of eight letters and characters. But put something in place whereby people are having to change their password every 60 days or every 90 days, something like that. You got to restrict access as to time, scope, function, and application, right? So, you know, you you limit people's access into, into your systems based on their level of need to know. Um, users, groups, Role-based access controls are so critical for your unique user identifications. Um, Unilateral ability to terminate a session at any time. Um, Making sure that you have automatic log-offs. Because I will tell you, at home, 
I do because throughout the majority of the day, I am by myself. It's just me and the pooches. Okay. So I don't have um, log offs set on this computer. Um, but I will tell you when things get busier after three o'clock in the afternoon around my house, every time I get up, I hit log out. Now, Terry raised a really good point in our little chats that we have, which is about making sure that you have written policies. So, Terry, since that's yours, let me go ahead and get your take on that, and 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 I'll try to uh, supplement any of that as you go forward. So, as Sean, I read through a lot of this information, and you know, we do a lot of reading, and mainly, mainly it's because. If you don't have chapter and verse of, you know, the HIPAA rules and OCR rules, and, you know, now we're getting into OSHA rules, um, it's it's really difficult to kind of bring it to the attention of different, um, your employer or administrators. You know, one of the, just a, an OSHA rule, for example, and this was under regulation 1910.25D1X. See, this is how they look at it. You can't have a ladder in a space where somebody walks by. Um, your mechanical power transmission equipment. So if you need a shredder, if you have a laptop, if you have anything that needs a plug, you know, 1910.219P. Um, so we have all these references. And the reason those are there is because, and I don't know if a lot of you know this, it's not just best practices we're talking about. A lack of a written policy constitutes a clear violation of the HIPAA security rule. And when there's a fine, that's part of it. The first thing the judge will say, the first thing that anyone will ask, and, and this is just at the lower level before it even gets escalated to a judge having to look at the, the case, is, well, let me look at your policy. What they're looking for is to see what do you have in place so that everybody knows what to do. You can't make assumptions that, um, you know, a new employee, an existing employee, a physician, uh, somebody who's uh, temporarily in your office, a locum's tenant doctor, you you can't just know that everybody is aware of your policies unless you say you hand it to them. Here's our policy on remote workers. Here's our policy on HIPAA when we pass, pass through PHI. And here's our policy on electronic devices, uh, workspace, et cetera. And so we strongly advise that you have policies in place. Make sure you're getting on the HIPAA website. If you don't know where to start, contact Sean or I. This is what Sean does for a living is he makes sure that you he's the compliance guy. Hello. Make sure that you know what you're you know, you're you're doing. He would make sure that every every T is crossed, I is dotted so that you have those HIPAA white paper policies. I mean, we're all moving to the digital age. So, yes, it'd be something you would put on your computer, but something that you could say, you know, forward to somebody print off hand to anybody who showed up at your door and they're doing it and saying, where's your policy? You go, you know what, here it is. It, what are we missing? And that's the best defense is basically saying, what are we missing? Because we are under the impression we're compliance. What do we need to add? And as soon as, you know, somebody that would come and knock on your door and ask that question, at least you, at least they know your intent was to be compliant. They knew you were trying, that you were not trying to just wing it as a lot of practices do. And it's just so important now, not just with HIPAA, but also with OSHA for remote workers. 
you have to have certain things in place. Um, perfect example on one thing is, do you have a locked file cabinet in your workspace? So if somebody, you do need to have some kind of white paper or you need to print off somebody, uh, somebody's information, do you have, you know, the fi locked file cabinet? Most people say no. Um, one thing I noticed, my brother works in an ophthalmology office and he says they can't even go floor to floor. They're actually in person now. If they need somebody's record, when the time they get down to the floor that gets it, they have to shred it in that office. They can't even bring it back up to the floor. So that's just in between floors. We're talking remote workers at home and where anybody could walk in, you know, and, and see what you're doing, see what you're, um, the patient, you know, from behind your desk, you know, uh, just a little thing. Uh, my husband, because um, I work remote as well, he likes to bring me iced tea during the day. Okay. If he's not golfing, today's golfing. But if he's not golfing, he'll bring me in a coffee or an iced tea and he'll wait at the door and be like, do you have any information up? And I'm like, yes. And so he will close and I'll close the door, shut things down. Like, like Sean said, log out. And then I'll go to the door to grab it. <laughs> he's like, okay, because you have to be protected. You can't have somebody come in and happen to look up at your screen and go, Oh, who's that? So. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, <sighs> Listen, it's simple. It's just simple stuff, too. It's not we're not even getting too it, high tech on you. It's simple stuff. No, it is. But, you know, here's the other thing, too. You know, a lot of people think about this and they're like, God, you know, is it really does it really have to be taken to that extreme? Here, Here's the thing. Right. So we live in a pretty small town. You know, my my wife, you know, is, um, you know, she's been with the OBGYN practice now for. 23 years and you know we know obviously all the same people or a lot of the same people and you know she'll she'll be sitting at her computer which is out in the main you know foyer area um and you know she'll be working on like her emr you know getting patients you know, uh, making sure that all the notes have been closed out that day by the providers, making sure that, you know, when she's in the practice management system, she's looking at, you know, the schedules and why people are coming in. And, you know, it, it, we, we have these conversations, you know, from time to time where I say, you know, Jill, you, you really, you really need to not do this here. Right. Yeah, I know it's me, and I know I'm not going to say anything, but at the same time, you should have the same level of awareness, the same level of protections at home that you would have at your office, because your, your home office is an extension of your corporate workspace. So, you know, from an OSHA standpoint, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're not talking about bloodborne pathogens and things of that nature, but you got to make sure that you don't have obstructed, you know, walkways that you, you don't have banker boxes all over the floor full of charts. And, you know, y y your doorbell rings because it's, you know, uh, Amazon delivering your latest package and you're so excited because you know what it is and you trip and now you fall. And so. Sean, I had so one where important. one of the one of yeah, the employees at this big big practice, she was remote before the pandemic, and actually before the pandemic, and people are gonna I'm gonna get cards and letters for this one. 
I didn't believe remote work was appropriate for anybody who didn't first show that they could be a responsible employee in the in person. To me, it was a privilege. Once you can be work with others, you're responsible inside. Then if you want to talk about going hybrid, maybe sometime, then I thought, you know, that's a privilege for somebody who's been working there a long time. Somebody who drives a long distance to work and, you know, they're tired of the 45 to an hour commute one way. It wasn't for everybody. And there's also a lot of people that can't work remotely. They're terrible at it. Well, this was one employee that she was terrible at it. And I'm like, you need to bring her back in because she had quite a few pets. And her thing was um, before she got any work started, it was dealing with her pets and that and, and she'd still log in. Well, OSHA was a problem for this uh, practice. And they said, you know, we need to check on your remote workers. We've had a complaint from one of her neighbors. So here's the thing. So she got a complaint from a neighbor. She was out walking her dog. And she had a report she was reading. She tripped while walking her dog over the leash. And the, the um, office was actually responsible for that. So there's there's things that you don't even think of when it comes to that. And you're talking about, you know, like running for the Amazon. My doorbell rings at least once a day. And I don't run, though. I'm just like, shoot, I'll get it later. But I'm just saying that it could be. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's. This the office space we're talking about, you know, obviously HIPAA security, privacy, etc. And everybody's heard that to the point where, like, we know, we know. Well, where is it written down that you know? But OSHA is the second one and Office of Civil Rights, where you you have to, I don't like to always say treat your medical records and treat your space like you would want it treated if it was your information, but you have to look at it as, and I love the the phrase you put, this is an extension of your in-person office. And first of all, you don't want to be personally fined. You don't want your practice to get fined because when you start to see these problems, practices are like, I don't want the hassle, come back in. They're, they're going to make you come back in and be there in person. And so it's really important to make sure that this is secure in all aspects. So yeah. Um, one thing I, I think we should we should do, Sean, and, and maybe this is for the, yeah. the listeners, you know, you have a list. I have a list for both the HIPAA side and the OCR side and the OSHA side. Maybe we could post a list on your compliance guy, um, you know, site. I don't know if you have that on the doctor's management, but we can do it in article form or whatever. I am so glad you asked. <laughs> there we we go. have launched thecompliancesguy.com. Nice. So now you can go to our page and you can find the latest episodes such as this one right on the compliance homepage. It also has a link to all of the blog posts that I put out each and every single week, I put out a couple of posts last week on, um, the critical importance of self audits and um something else <laughs> and yeah that's a great idea why don't we go ahead and compile out send me your your list that you have okay. i'll combine it with mine and let's go ahead and get a blog post out so anyone who is looking for some do's and don'ts yeah will have that at their fingertips and again folks think about it this way okay because some of you may be thinking god you know are Sean and Terry going overboard on this stuff? And, you know, perhaps on a couple of things, maybe. But I don't think so. I don't think so. Because either. when you have 
yeah, when you have regulatory agencies that are actively engaged in looking for violations to be able to assess a fine, to bring more money back into the government, every little thing becomes, you know, the need to be hyper aware. And again, you know, it took it took one or two times of having the discussions with my wife, um, you know, for her to say, ah, you know what, you're right. I'm going to I'm going to take my laptop because she has the blackout screen so you can't see it. And she's like, you're right. I'll just take it to the bed and I'll work on it in the bed. And if you look at her computer from an angle, you can't see anything. See it's it. one of those yeah. 3M privacy screens. I have that, too. You yeah. know, for me. Yeah, for me. You know, because I do, you know, sometimes have some visitors that come, uh, you know, to the house, whether they're invited or not, they show up. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm, I am being more cautious and more cognizant of the fact that, you know, this is not just I'm working from home. This is my workspace. And I've had to retrain myself to be able to say, you know, it's not enough just to get up and walk away and hit the log off. I do need to have that timed log off that automatically kicks in after, you know, one minute of inactivity or five minutes of inactivity. See where I'm here at the house, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little more flexible because if I need to get up to use the restroom or I want to go grab, you know, something for lunch or a snack or a drink, you know, I don't want to have to log back in every 60 seconds when there's nobody here. But I do have protocols in place that if I'm away from the computer for five minutes, it's automatically locked down. So those are the kind of things that you can take the list that Terry and I are providing for you all, and you can add some flexibilities to those to fit your workspace. I think the most important thing is to understand that with compliance, you want it to be scalable, scalable to your organization, scalable to your unique uh, needs as an employee. And I think that's how you become, as I said, hyper aware of your surroundings. And again, don't get slack on this stuff. Treat your home workspace the same way that you would treat your workspace if you were in the office. All right. Just to Terry, close it out. Any, yeah. yeah just, the, just to finish up on what Sean said and kind of wrap up our discussion. Remember, you have to have a compliance manual for what you do in your office. So consider that an extension in your office. But just to be clear, we're going to be giving you information, not just HIPAA, OCR, and for OSHA, but this is for remote workers. So you need to have a HIPAA compliance in your office generically for how that all works for all patients. But we're going to be talking about the home workspace as well. So you need to, if somebody asked, what is your home workspace, uh, your telecommuter compliance manual, you need to have something tangible that you can hand them. And that's what we're saying. So we're going to give you some tips and, and make it, you know, give you kind of a list of what we'd recommend. If you actually need something that's built for you, then you, you can hire us to do that or hire Sean to do that. Um, but we'll put that on the, the compliance guide. Is it .com? Yep, the compliance guide.com. We'll have it for you by probably the end of today and by at least by tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay. All great. right. Terry, thanks so much for hanging out with me for a little while. And to each and every single one of you, 
Thank you so much for tuning in, logging on, and just hanging out with us on this episode of The Compliance Guy, our hashtag Terry Tuesday on the 23rd of August, 2022. Until tomorrow, be good to yourself, but more importantly, y'all be good to each other. Take care. You've been listening to The Compliance Guy. Sean has been doing this for 28 years. He holds 10 national board certifications. He's a partner and the vice president of compliance for Doctors Management, LLC. He's a subject matter expert in federal court. He's lectured at the most prestigious institutions. He's engaged with members of Congress in both chambers. So what we're saying is he's qualified? We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on social media at The Compliance Guy. See you next time on The Compliance Guy.